with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Hola, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. With me, as usual, the blonde bombshell, Ann Carrigan. Hey, hey, everybody. Good good evening. How are the, the we new, all doing? The new grandma. That's grandma bombshell to you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to call you the gray bombshell. I know, pretty soon. I'll anyway. just stop dying at blonde, and then we'll just get it over with. Yeah, I don't be, think I can do it, though. Yeah, Jan was a blonde for the oh, longest time until uh, she had her cancer, and then she said, ah, screw it. Mm, well. <laughs> said, that, that's fine with me. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I'm a holdout. I'm going to be a holdout. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Anyways, joining us from warm and sunny Buffalo is the <laughs> Reverend Tim Shaw. <laughs> yeah, it's warm and sunny. Actually, it's pretty balmy. It's thir- it's 33 degrees. So now we have just changed from snow to sleet. Uh, so <laughs> it's just it's just a wonderful day here. I love it so much. Beautiful so, uh, day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Tim, do, you, do you live in in Buffalo proper? No, I live I would say I believe it's like 9 miles east of Buffalo mm-hmm. and I am just what they consider right on the edge. The oh. very edge of the snow belt. So uh, I would be like southeast. Okay. Uh-huh. So do you escape the, a lot of it or? Nope. We got uh, <laughs> th- Thanksgiving. Uh, we got, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, 50, 52 or 53 inches of snow in like two and a half days. Uh-huh. And then uh, Christmas, right around Christmas week. We got another 40 inches. But what's what's unique about Buffalo is that we get hammered. We get hammered with, with snow. And in January, like it melts. Yeah. So right up until right up until yesterday, we had green grass. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And, to, and today we're and and today we're um I think I think I'm up, I, I think we're like six inches or eight inches. I've been wow. hiding. I've been hiding in the basement, so I, don't yeah. I, have, I haven't been outside. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I would too. And you're you're a retired guy now. You can do that stuff. Well, yeah, right? but I, more or less. More or less. I. You know what? When I retired, and and you guys know what it's like. When I retired, I never. I didn't slow down. I I hit the ground running and never stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, this oh, year, or yeah. I should say, last year. I don't know what it's like, but anyways. Well, you know what it's like. Ron knows what I it's do. Like. I definitely do. I'm too but, young uh, for that crap. Last year, in uh, right at the beginning of December, I had a cornea transplant, my right eye. And oh. uh, uh, I had lost almost all the vision in the right eye. Ouch. Oh. And this cornea transplant is amazing because I've got I, – I went from just about zero to uh, 2050, and it's oh. corrected. And a lot of it is corrected with glasses. So – uh, I literally had to stop the we. I had my surgery 
two days after I came back from my very last speaking engagement in Michigan. Oh. And it was like, you want to talk about like, just like burning your heels out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to that. So mm-hmm. it's, I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting back into the ball game again. That's great. But, so, but the wife looks better now though, right? Everybody looks better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Are you kidding me? It's a, I haven't, I, I, I can just, I can close my good eye and I can actually make out faces now. So <laughs> that's, I haven't been able to do that for quite a while. Oh God, that's terrible. I'm glad you could have that surgery. Well, I, I'm thankful. Listen, I'm really thankful for the person that uh, donated the corneas. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, and, that's right. That, I forgot. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, cornea transplant. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, that person was was very, very giving. And uh, I'm blessed for it because without it, uh, I would have been totally blind in that eye. And, and there's a good chance that uh, there would have been even more problems. So uh, I have a I have a few more good years of uh, of almost seeing how good Ron looks now. You know what I mean? <laughs> see, see, that's that's the good thing about it. Though. If your wife catches you looking at another girl, you could just say, oh, oh well, it's not me. It's the cornea. You know, yeah. it's just that guy that I got it from. <laughs> no, no, she knows better. Uh, <laughs> I can't pull that on her. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, Tim, I, I have, uh, I ran my hand to a table saw and I cut off uh, some fingers. <laughs> yeah. uh, my yes. middle, middle finger on my left hand, uh, they actually put cadaver bone in it. So I always tell all my people, I says, you know, if I give you the finger, it's really not me. Yeah. It's, you know. <laughs> Listen, did, did, he, I ever, he, he. did I ever tell you that the one day I dropped an F-bomb in church when I was speaking? Oh, no. So I'm, I'm standing there and I'm in a spiritualist church. And, uh, you know, I get invited and it's so great because I love serving spiritualist churches. That's where I cut my teeth. You know, I mean, I really right. just love doing it. And I'm talking and I'm talking and this F-bomb slides out Oops! and the, all happens. the blue hairs, all the blue hairs in the board are sitting right up front because they want to see the guy that was on, I forget whatever show I was on. Uh, I think maybe it was the first portals to hell or whatever. The first time I was on that <laughs> and they are appalled. <laughs> I stopped and I thought, what the heck am I going to do? I looked at them all. I pointed up to the sky and I said, well, you guys know I'm a transmedium, right? This wasn't me. Well, that was it. They all laughed and it was forgiven. It was totally forgiven. And and that, that was the best sidestep I've ever done in my oh, life. You, you know, Tim, that's not so far off the mark. We, as, as you probably know, I don't know. <clears throat> We've been studying the red light seance uh, mm-hmm. every month for uh, we, we sit in session uh, for 11 years now. And one of the mediums with me, Leslie Martin, who is, is a school teacher and a very gentle soul, uh, there was one seance where she came up and she F-bombed me three times. And she, did, she didn't remember it, according to her. Uh, but <laughs> it's not so, you know, unbelievable that, you know, if you are channeling something, uh, maybe they could drop something on you. Well, you know what? I, I have done trance work. And... Um... Uh, it's kind of funny because it's like, it's like three stages. There's, there's sometimes that you can remember everything. And then there's sometimes you can remember parts. And then there's other times that are just like, you are just totally, totally blank. And whatever comes out, comes out. And I've heard recordings of myself and, and and to be honest with you, I try to go and I try to be like as nice as possible. I don't want to go and like get that reputation of dropping F bombs all over the place. Although I, 
Although if I'm if I'm doing a uh, if I'm doing a gallery at a casino, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. But you know, you try to try to be as as you know civil you know as you possibly can. And you know, sometimes I there there are there's there's one entity that I used to work with a lot. This Cassius and this Cassius sometimes would come through really like bombastic, and it would be. If I could remember parts of it, uh, I could I, I, I could remember like throwing filters out and trying not to say stuff because most of the time when I did trance work, it was like in a church setting. So, you know, you don't want to do that. But then on the other hand, it's like if you want it to be truthful and you want it to be raw and, you, and if you're doing it for the right reasons, there's a reason why this language is coming out. You know, that's what, you know, you're you're there to bring through this message and, you know, the only... And I'll be honest with you, even when I do gallery, the only time that I'll like, I will never say like swear words or anything if I can at all help it. Uh, You know, like especially in any 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 kind of setting outside of like, you know, something crazy like the casinos. But, uh, you know, I'll I'll just I'll just go and and uh, uh, say, listen, there's a person that really has had has a potty mouth and this is what he's trying to tell me, but I can't, I don't want to say it in front of everybody. And <laughs> you know, you try to do a sidestep on it, but right. then there's casinos. Well, it, you, if you get scheduled for the 9 PM Saturday night, drunk gallery, oh, that's what we yeah. call it. The drunk gallery. And everybody mm-hmm. gets a turn in the barrel to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you gotta be ready for it. You gotta be ready for hecklers. You gotta be ready for, you know, whatever. And that's why I always have hard candy. Cause then as I'm going and I get start this, this, language starts coming out and people are heckling, you know, it's like a comedy routine to solve them. I pelt them with candy. So go. this way they start eating the candy and they're too busy eating the candy to bother to go ah, and heckle them. So, really they, you know, there's, there's, there's a method to the madness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't understand like trans channel and stuff. I mean, uh, working with Maureen and she, she doesn't do it all the time, but she, she'll do this deep trans channel where she, is absolutely steps back from her body and has no control right. over it at all. Right. And, you know, there are different people that come through. In fact, when we wrote uh, our books, Ghost Chronicles and more Ghost Chronicles, those parts, I would have once had a right because she doesn't remember it at all because she was just really away from it. Uh, it's, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. And I, like I said, I know, from my, I know from my own experience, I like to have anything like that always recorded. I always, and, oh, yeah. and you, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm just like you guys. I always have some kind of a, a recording device in my pocket or whatever. And if I'm going to go and I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure that I know what the heck I said or who is coming through to, you know, to, to, to kind of pinpoint it a little bit because, uh, sometimes, I, I mean, I've been lucky where I've never had like a spirit entity or whatever come through my body and like really cause it harm or, or be that abusive. But I remember as a kid, man, when I was down in Lilydale, uh, I would have probably about, so I've been down there like 72 is when I first started going down there with my parents to visit relatives, uh, which is a spiritual, uh, uh, in camp, uh, right. camp down in, um, Casadega, uh, New York. Uh, and I remember one man, one medium get up, his whole, he, his body started to shake. He started speaking. I can't remember exactly what he said. And 
he turned and went right into a wall as hard as he could. He Ouch. nose was bleeding. Ah. I mean, it was amazing to see. I mean, I, I was appalled. I was like shaken as a kid. Uh -huh. And I always remember that, you know, so that's why, I mean, I have a little bit, my boundaries are like, I never let spirit, I'll, you know, like take over my lower half of my body, which means I won't get up off a chair. Right. I mean, I'll flail and let my hands gesture, you know, mm -hmm. make gestures and stuff. But this way, uh, having those boundaries and working with the energetic personalities that I work with, uh, it's sort of like, it's sort of like my own safety net. And, mm -hmm. you know, I never want to go and I never want to be put in that situation where all of a sudden I open my eyes and, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm somewhere where I'm not supposed to be or, or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I, I'm very, very careful about that. That's, and, that's and, pretty good. Yeah. And, but I always remember that. And this guy hit that wall. I remember pictures falling off the wall. Mm -hmm. I remember ah. this guy, this guy hit it so hard. I was, I was just. I, I remember sitting right up in front. I, of course, you know, as a kid, I mean, this was great. terrifying. I, you know, it, it, was, it was to me, it was fantastic because, right. I mean, I was I was going to a um, parochial school at the time. So <laughs> this was this was like my summer vacation. So this was like, oh, my God, this is great. I love this. You know, this is amazing. I don't oh. see I don't ever see this. <laughs> I don't see this in school. <laughs> but, yeah. But it was like, yeah, that that was like again, that was, I learned a lot back when I was a kid, you know, and then working with the old timers, I, I kind of emulated a lot of them and they were, they were corkers. They remind me, some of those, some of those guys remind me of Ron. That's what, that's why I love Ron so much. <laughs> I won't lie. I won't lie. When Ron asked me to be on the show, I said, I'm on that show. You let me know what time, because he reminds me of the old guys, you know, Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Tim, how I am the old guy. He is the old guy. Yeah. How do you how do you set those boundaries? How do you have that control? It's cognitive. I uh, you know I studied a lot under you know spiritualist teachers, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't kind of catch that. You know, they they really they really didn't go and push me to that limit where uh, I had to have a boundary. Mm -hmm. And even though I did spirit rescue circles and that sort of thing. I never had it. And then I trained under a guy by the name of Tom Brown Jr. He was a big natural awareness uh, survivalist teacher. He was a tracker. But more importantly to me, he was a mystic. And he was taught by, allegedly, an adopted Apache grandfather. And through him, and I had taken classes with him before and and uh, I had seen him up at the, uh, what is it, the, uh, oh, the Omega Institute at, at the Rhinebeck, New York campus. Mm -hmm. oh. And he taught me this unbelievable method of getting in and out of, uh, out of uh, uh, the zone quickly Ooh. and work within boundaries, set boundaries. And he's the guy that said to me, everything that you're doing is intrinsic. Everything is inside of you. So. Why are you worried about developing that? You should be developing the 98% of you that needs to be in control. And if you're in control, you can do anything. If you want to do, uh, you know, if, if you if you really want to go and do astral projection, you're in control. You set the parameters of what you want to do. Uh, if you want to do mediumship, you set those parameters. If you want to do physical mediumship, you want to set those parameters, then you start to practice. But it, it's it's the parameters. And when I teach students, I'm 
pretty tough when it comes to parameters and setting those boundaries because boundaries are not spirit. Boundaries are your cognitive uh, ability to work within a certain framework of, of, of spirituality. And I've worked with different shamans and I've worked with native American medicine men. And I I've been fortunate because I'm blessed. Cause I got a, you know, I got a good friend who, uh, uh, Voodoo. He 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 trained under priestess Miriam down in New Orleans, and you know my buddy Utu and uh, Santa Ria priests, and I've been able to go and and really train under some hardcore people, and they all say the same thing: you've got to have that intestinal fortitude to be in control in order to do some of the things mediums sometimes are called to do, and I mean that's that's like. You know, it's so funny because Jack Osborne, when I was on Portals, he, you know, you know, Kat Katrina Weedman, who I love, uh, she already knew me, but but Jack didn't. And he's like, do you do any kind of like anything to get it down to the, you know, to, you know, for protection or whatever? I said, no, I don't care about that. He goes, what do you mean you don't care about that? <laughs> I said, because I said I'm protected. I'm already, I believe it. So I believe so it is. I knew the late Raymond Buckland uh, and Ray. Uh, you know, Buck was probably one of the biggest guys that, that taught me the same thing. He goes, listen. Listen, you know, everything's outwardly is a ritual. Strip it down. What is a ritual? A ritual is a stylized prayer. What is a stylized prayer? It is a focused intent. And if you believe that in this focused intent, this laser point focus, you will never have a problem. And that all leads into that cognitive ability to set boundaries and work within them. And uh, I've always believed that. And the more of the... uh, like the old masters that I remember and, and, and a lot of the people that I run into now who are really hardcore people, they all practice that. And, and that to me was, that was the telling point. So it's interesting because, you know, Maureen, she trained under Lori Cabot now who was oh, Lori. Yeah. Okay. I love Lori. But she, which we do this, when we did this, uh, our investigations, she would allow the spirit to actually take over her body. Mm-hmm. So she would transfigure at times. She would, you know, uh, you know, she would definitely get a lot of strength at times. And she's thrown me across the room before because not all spirits actually like me, believe it or not. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but I can't believe that, Ron. I hum, just hum, can't hum, believe hum, it. Hum. Really? Okay. But the interesting thing about it, though, is is when it, it's kind of like when a lot of times I have to help her get out, bring her back, actually. So, right. You know, so, but. There's that time when the spirit leaves her body and, and she gains control of it that like it's almost like nobody's home. She just drops to the floor like a ton of bricks. She doesn't swoon or anything. I mean, she just drops. There's actually mm-hmm. like nothing's holding the body together. And to, it's, it, I'm so interested in, in how you are trained to, to, to control as much as you do. I think that's amazing. That's but I mean, do you do that same type of stuff where you allow a spirit to, to control your body? Are you just yeah. Yeah, I do. You do. And, I'm, and, and it's not amazing. It's not amazing. It's nothing special. Anybody well, can learn how to do it. Hmm. Uh, it's just the way, you know, it's just the way that you're trained. And for me, uh, again, I mean, I go and when 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 I'm done, I'm done when, it, you know, I never I, I don't set time limits. The only thing I do set is I have a I have what I call a second. 
and they're always with me or if they're sitting, if we're in seance and uh, they're sitting behind me. And if I'm having trouble coming back and if I'm, you know, and usually I, I, usually I start to get real quiet. My voice starts to kind of fade off. Mm -hmm. What he'll do is he'll put his hand on my shoulder and say, come back. And that again is a cognitive cue for Mm -hmm. me. And the energetic personalities I work on the other side with, they know if they get, if I get that physical touch. Now, a lot of the old mediums said you can't touch the medium, but I believe that if you have someone that you work with on a regular basis and you have trust in them, they will just lightly touch you and say, come back. And it takes me, I don't know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds uh, to kind of like get out of that gray zone. If I'm really deep to get out of that gray zone can be a little, can be a little iffy. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why I always go and I set that boundary that I'm sitting down because I don't want, I'm 66. I don't want to break no bones. (laughs) You know, I don't heal that well. I mean, seriously, I don't want to stand. Uh, There's been times that I've been sitting at a seance table where I will stand up like, you know, like a soldier, you know, and I'll bolt up and the second will just touch me and say, sit down. Mm-hmm. And I let that, I know that cognitively in the back of my brain, even though I'm a long spirit to take over my body, to be able to go and, and use my voice box. I know that I have that safety. That's a little, that's like a little safety valve. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, just cognitively, I can get in and out and not be afraid that's not to worry about that stuff. And the energetic personalities on the other side, I've never had a problem with it yet. But yeah, that gray zone, you are just like hazed. And the one thing I have found that, uh, uh, well, I can't think of her name. Uh, she's a she's a, a pretty big uh, medium in the National Spiritual Association of Churches. I'll think of her name. Uh, but when she does trance, she has to have about six to eight bottles of water. Really? Because when she comes back, she feels totally depleted. And I'll tell you the truth. When I come back, I feel as if I'm massively dehydrated. Hmm. I'm exhausted. Exactly. Uh, it's, I'm just physically, not mentally, but physically I am tired. And I will drink probably, I'll probably like gulp maybe two solid bottles of water and then I'll sip maybe two more. And just, and it's like a grounding. But that gray zone is where you you're it's like you're in a, in a partial dream you know you're in that that waking stage you know it's like anybody that's ever had the old hag uh jump on their chest and they got that <laughs> that that gate that that gray oh, zone you that. know uh when it gets off of you and you're you know you're in and out of a dream that's what it feels like and so that's a uh, uh it's something that you have to get used to and i i worked with uh, a medium who's oh she's long <laughs> she's long gone now but uh, I worked with her quite a bit. Doesn't mean uh, you still can't work with her. Well, you know, <laughs> you still work. Listen, listen. She's. I got a in my office here. I have a. I, I have a spirit box sitting right behind me. So every so often, I, she does touch in through the box, <laughs> which is which is cool. But uh, the, the you know, I mean, it, it. You really should have a mentor with that. Uh, people that uh, I always hate. I always hate to have people go off and do some of this stuff on their own because. Uh, they don't know how to get out of problems. 
you know, it can all be fun and games. And I'm not saying there's negative shit out there and I don't think not anything bad or anything. But I mean, you really got to have that people. You got to have that 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 security that know that nothing will happen to you. And once you have that, then sky's the limit. <clears throat> Excuse me. The sky is the absolute limit. Yeah, I uh, let's see what going down time wise. OK, we still have five minutes. So. Um, I, I wanted to ask you some other stuff about uh, some other things. But before I do that, as we're coming close to breaks, uh, for years you worked with Marla Brooks in the seance on the, on the radio. That one my, always fascinated me. My little sister. Yeah. <laughs> my so little sister. do you actually channeled while you were on the radio? Yeah. Yeah, it was funny because I, I was in the old house. We, we've since moved. And we were, you know... You, you know how these things are. The, the broadcast, the broadcast studio, along with the haunted object collection, was in an extra bedroom on the <laughs> second floor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I had, I, I always remember I had Rosalind Bone from uh, one of the ghosts, uh, I think it was Ghost Hunters Academy, and she had stayed at the house. And uh, she goes, wow, she goes, this is the best room I've ever, I've ever slept in. <laughs> this was great. She goes, but I've never slept with it. This is the first time I ever slept with a Ouija board on the floor or on the, on the, on the, on the wall. I said, did you look underneath the bed? I said, the rest of the Ouija boards and the haunted objects underneath there. She goes, oh, <laughs> but anyway, it's, I would go, I see, I could, it was easy for me to go in and out. Of, I would have to practice a little bit beforehand, but um, it was easy for me to go in and out of trance because I had no distractions. And I set my intention and I focused on it and I just would just fade out and then whatever would come through would come through. And most of the time it was the, that, uh, Cassius or whoever it was to, uh, uh, you know, to, to bring through that message. Well, we got to take a break right now and, uh, We'll be back. But anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Rod right here on Tojinet. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street with Dewan, Massachusetts. The Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member, three bucks a month. There's over 40 exclusive videos and stuff. And we'll be right back. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and the one, the only, Reverend Tim Shaw. <laughs> Hi guys, how are you? Have and you me. don't have to you don't have to call me Reverend. I don't I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't really use the title no. uh very much anymore. And uh uh the reason is is because I, I you know, I mean if I'm doing a wedding or if I'm doing a eulogy or a, a, you know a funeral service or something, that's a little bit mm-hmm. different. Uh my philosophy has always been not to be above the people. And that's why I always like going to uh, uh, the Lilydale Assembly because they, they have, uh, during the summer, they have outside, uh, they have outside galleries and which is part of the church service. And everything was on an even, I guess, an even ground level. And I believe that, you know, medium should not be put up, you know, as, as you know, I, I'll just say it. They shouldn't be like prized livestock. There's nothing special about <laughs> right. a medium. A medium is is just the only difference between mediums and everybody else is that we listen a little bit closer to whatever's going on, and you know, you know, we're you know, we can feel the vibrations or whatever. And anybody can do it with the proper practice. But it's just the idea that I love just being part of everybody, and 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 I think that's why. Uh, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I've made so many wonderful friends over the past years. You know, going to different conferences and and speaking at different places, and and you know, it, it's just amazing how many people that you that that really can reach out and kind of, you know, like relate to you. And especially the fact that I mean, I worked I worked road construction for thirty four and a half years. So <laughs> so I mean, a lot of people really feel that uh, you know that I'm very very relatable and i and that's why i never i really don't use reverend mm-hmm. okay fine all right that that's fine it's whatever you, you want you how, Dr. Tim. how did that go <laughs> so like i i work in a small town and you know i know all all the you know the town guys the dpw guys and i you know see them all the time how did that work with your line of work oh lordy how did how did that go over? You know, because you know, I I love those guys. They're the backbone. You know, they keep us moving. And it, it, it went over here. like it went over like gas in church. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, I, I I I'll be you know because I've always done this and and I never let anybody know about it because again blue collar, and this is probably I would say probably the early '90s. And I was helping out a local folklorist and uh, we were doing in between like, like these tours, uh, you know, a couple of mediums, you'd all be sitting there and 
I had just learned how to bend spoons, which is more mentalism than anything else. Oh, that's cool. So it is. Yeah. we're working with him. And a gentleman walks up to me and he's got a little press pass and he's got a really nice camera. And he says, hey, do you mind if I take your photo, you know, and get your information? I said, sure. And I thought he was from like a little, little neighborhood, neighborhood borough, like newspaper. Mm-hmm. This was a Saturday, Sunday morning. I'm a quarter page, full color mm-hmm. on the pay on, on, on the major, on the major uh, newspaper, uh-huh. locally in Buffalo. And my sainted mother, who's Uh-oh. very Catholic brother and sister, or sister-in-law and brother are in town. Uh-oh. And uh, she goes, oh, my God, I see you in the paper. Oh, my God. And I go, oh, no. Oh, and I went out and I got the paper. And there I was. When I went to work on Monday, uh, it was uh, it was the that photo was in the union lockbox, which means uh, you could see it, but you can't get at it. Uh, 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 at the end of the day, this is a true story. At the end of the day. I got called to the union trailer. Oh, crap. And the union president and, uh, you know, everybody was in there. And uh, they said, well, here's the problem. We've got complaints from your department. And I said, about what? what? I'm thinking to myself, what did I do wrong? I haven't really, I haven't done anything like crazy or anything. And they said, well, half of the people that are working with you don't want to work with you anymore. Oh. I said, really? And he goes, of course, the other half like you. But, uh, you know, all the younger guys and we're talking about guys that were like my age getting ready to retire, you know, my age now presently. And um, it was like, you know, I got called a weirdo and a freak and all that stuff. And I laugh at it because of the fact it's like, well, I'm having a lot of fun on my weekends and uh, you (laughs) you guys are doing whatever you're doing. Right. So um, it wasn't until I got a turn on TV. What was I on? Uh, uh, Discovery's Ghost Lab with the Kling Brothers. Oh, yeah. And I got put on there. And I used to be a docent up at Old Fort Niagara. And uh, it's a historic site, a really cool historic site. I've been there a couple of times. Oh, yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It is gorgeous. And we had, yeah, we had gone up there and, and, you know, we filmed up there. And it wasn't until that was shown on Discovery that I got acceptance. And at that point, everybody goes, wow, what you're doing is freaking awesome, you know? Oh, you're so cool, Tim. Yeah, that's basically (laughs) basically what it was. Uh And it was like, it was like, yeah, "Yeah, dude, uh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not going to go and sign. I'm not going to go sign an autograph for your kid. Sorry. You didn't like me before. You don't like me now, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's, it was a, it was a tough transition. But then as I started to, to uh, really, I got, I forget, I had, I have a couple books out. No, I, yeah, by the time when I wrote my first book, uh, it started to ease up. And by the, um, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of funny because by, by the time I start, I think I was on, well, I was on ghost hunters and then it was, I forget what I was on. Oh, I was, was, we had done a pilot. And by the time we had done the pilot, I started noticing that I was getting friend requests from town board councilmen, oh, <laughs> you know, isn't that and, interesting? And, huh? and, and by that time things started to roll. And, uh, uh, I had a, my, uh, I had a friend that was actually my boss and I got time. I would get time off to do filming or, oh, you know, awesome. I, you know, if I'd be able to go someplace, you know, if I was going to 
you know, fly out or, you know, something like that. There would, I didn't get that big of a hassle, but of course I did have, a, I, I had enough time that I used to save up. So it wasn't like I was right. cheating the town at all, but no, it was so funny. It. You yeah, but, it. It, but it was, it was, uh, you know, even, even, uh, uh, you know how they used to, you know how they used to punish me in? Yeah. How? We had a guy that was it, like hardcore Pentecostal, hardcore. Oh. I am talking Bible thumping, the whole thing. Uh, oh. So whenever they were mad at me, they would put me, assign me to a truck with him. Oh God. I loved it. I loved it because I used to, I used to peek at the board the night before. And if I saw I was with him, I would actually go and get, I would go and study. I would look at Bible verses <laughs> and I would take my Bible, take it to work. And I would talk about, I would ask him these questions. He oh, loved it. Oh my God. It was the great, it was great because I got him talking and it was good because I mean, I got, I really actually learned so much from him mm-hmm. and it was just, it was, it was great. And everybody would go, they, they can't punish you. Well, that backfired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, it backfired. That's all. That's awesome. You you took your lemons and you made lemonade, and it's an awesome, positive way. It was. You know, it to really look was. at something, because yeah, you know, those guys are are hard packed, nitty gritty, and you know they don't want to make allowances for for the weirdos. You know, oh, no, sorry. And you know what? You can't go and you can't throw out. I always preach this. You can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Right. And when we when it comes to any kind of spirituality, you have to be open minded. And I think that's why I've been so accepted by, uh, I mean, again, like hoodoo and voodoo and and, you know, Santeria people. And uh, 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 I mean, I get a chance to uh, visit with really wonderful, great people all over and, you know, within the Pentecostal communities. And it was so funny when we were on CBS years and years and years and years and years ago, when, when, when Ron was young and he didn't have to wear glasses, his eyes were like, was that good, you know, and we would go and we would, we would, we would take, we would tune our, our radios in with crystals is what we were doing at the time. <laughs> That's how many years ago it was. But when I was on CBS, my fan base actually was from uh, Michigan going through Appalachia into Florida. And that, always floored me because I always thought as a medium and somebody like, you know, what I do that I would be, you know, the devil, I'd be the worst. And I got the most response to there and I still get a great response from that area. That's excellent. Very cool. So before we forget, uh, if somebody wants to find out more information about uh, Reverend Tim or, or unreverend Tim or whatever he is, <laughs> your, uh, your Reverend Tim is more like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, how can they find out more about you, uh, Tim? You guys can check uh, check me out at uh, com. That's my website, and you guys can find out what events I'm doing and. Uh, I'm teaching a bunch of classes this year. I'm, I, I try to go and I try to develop two, either two classes or talks or whatever, uh, every year, brand new. And, uh, I'm excited about what we're, uh, looking forward to doing this year. And what do you uh, got coming up to you? Well, I'm going to be speaking with a good friend of mine, Frank, uh, Kupka. He is uh, a retired, uh, corrections officer and we're huh? splitting a night. He's going to be talking about haunted prisons and mm, I'm going to nice. follow I'm going to follow that up with a great 1930s murder uh, case that happened here in Buffalo. It involved Native American witchcraft and a, a Ouija board. And oh, it, it's really it's a it's a it's it's like this sleeper case. I can't believe it. And uh, I, I kind of fell into it by accident. And as a matter of fact, it's going to be in, I'm actually writing 
trying to write my next book, which is tales that I, you know, you know, stories I tell my friends and that's going to be in it. And I, it's, it's, it's just so much fun. And, uh, of course, I mean, I'm also, I started, you know, you, you guys know I collect haunted objects. And oh, yes. And oh, yes. But what I've really fallen in love with is Victorian mourning pieces. Oh, fun. Oh, oh my God. The hair jewelry. And yeah, it's creepy. Touch, oh, my God. When you touch this stuff, what a vibe comes off of it and, and hair art and all that. So uh, I've been talking about uh, uh, the rituals of death. And uh, so I've been taking that little, that's that small collection out and about. And uh, actually, in June, I'm going to be uh, down in Virginia. And my second love is the American Civil War. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to be down with the Kling Brothers and Jason Hawes. And we're doing an event. Uh, we're going to follow the last days of the American Civil War from Sailor's Creek Battlefield through uh, Appomattox. And it's really going to be great. Oh, I, was, I have that open. That event is open in front of me on the computer. Shadows of Shenandoah. I'm like, that's it. That is going to be an awesome event. And just to that let you know, fantastic. just to let you know, I've slept actually at both on the grounds of both places. Oh, uh, wow. Back years ago when uh, I used to, I used to be a uh, an experienced junkie, and I loved it. And what a what a connection when you're out there. And I've had a relative that that was actually at almost all those places. And um, so, I mean, to be able to go and connect in with him and be able to connect with uh, those who came before and walk that ground is, is just it's exciting. Lots, yeah. lots of good stuff. And I mean, actually, I mean, you, you first kind of look, you, you look at the, the price, but then you look at what you get. I'm like, that's a lot. I think it, I think it, I think it's fair. A, a very and, I think it's a fair price too. And I think the Kling brothers always, I've always, I've always stayed in contact, uh, contact with the Kling brothers and they've always been, they've been right from the beginning. They've been very kind to me. And, uh, I learned so, and I hate to even say this, but I learned, I cut my teeth on contracts with the Kling brothers, (laughs) (laughs) TV networks and and production companies. They taught me more about that than, than I could have ever, ever learned in any college how to, how to, you know, negotiation contract yeah yeah and when you and and if you really don't want to do it walk away and as a matter of fact i mean i just walked away from a project uh about the about amityville because i had some reservations on on the uh you know the projection of uh what they wanted me to say and and, that's you know that's the part people don't realize some people will do anything just to be on tv and everything but you know you've got to you got to have some kind of scruples, at least in my mind. And I mean, you know, we did this. I forget what show it was a haunting, maybe or one of those. Anyway. Oh my had, God. <laughs> I was on done, one of them. Oh my God. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> we did this investigation, right? We, we, we didn't find anything evil there or anything. We spent a lot of time there. Right. And so the, they had another team come in and afterwards mm-hmm. and found all kinds of evil devils. Oh, demons. You know, and, they wanted us on to, uh, you know, tell our story and, and ask us, like, oh, could they hide from you while they were, while you were there? And I wouldn't go on. Uh, Leslie, I, uh, you know, I, my, the girl I work with, one of the mediums I work with, uh, yeah, I told her, to, yeah, I'll go with you when you're on there, but I'm not going to go on the camera. But they wanted you to, they really kind of want you to be their model whatever they want. Yes. If they yes. want you to find evil, they're going to find evil, whatever. And, and that, that irritates me in a lot of these. And then so many ghost hunting groups take all this 
reality TV and stories that they, they think it's so uh, so great, but they, they don't realize a lot of it is just entertainment. It's really molded it. into what it is. And and you know what? I've been blessed. I've only had one, I would say, questionable uh, experience. And that's when we were doing one of, my, one of the very first pilots I ever did. And they kept wanting, we were down at Fort Mifflin, and they kept wanting me to say, we found so-and-so, and, you know, this whole thing. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it because I'm Good not going to go and, and and you know, prostitute myself. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I'm, that's what I you mean, do and, and now, I mean, it's a little different because if they ask me, I will say I'm going to be, I'll be politically correct how I'm going to go and tell you this. But back then it was like an absolute no. And it got to the point that uh, I was told, well, you know, we know how to make good TV. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I looked at him and I said, well, here's the problem. And, and I had a I had a conference and it was only supposed to be the director or the producer and the uh, the owner of the production company. And you could hear other breathing in there. So, you know, you got lawyers and everybody else is sitting mm-hmm. there. And I said, listen, this is the way it's going to happen. So and so is an actor. If he gets called out for for lying or cheating, he just goes on to another acting gig. So what? This other guy, well, he's a holistic guy. You know what? It gets caught. It comes out that if there's lying or cheating. He just goes back to his practice, and that's it. You know, just keeps on going. Me, I go, and I'm going to get blackballed out of every spiritualist church there is, right. which is a big part of my life, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do it. And you know what they did? And you know, you have you guys all understand how continuance of of scene is, where you have to wear the same clothes. And we had like film for like mm-hmm. six weeks, you know, oh, weekends, like three, God. four. It was hot, miserable. And what they did was they actually cut back. Like when we taped the ending of the show, they cut back like three weeks beforehand where I had said mission accomplished. Uh, so instead of me uh, saying no, they, I, they have me saying mission accomplished. accomplished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and, and the best part is, is they sent me a copy of of, nice. the, of the show and i'm like i and you know and it was filmed beautifully all these guys that had worked with national geographic that just what did a bang-up job yeah but it was the overall producers that were trying to go and you know get something out and we all know how everything's scripted that's where i was blessed like in portals uh you know cat said you do whatever you want to do and and you just go and Jack was, you know, Jack Osborne was just like, dude, you know, I'm not here to go and guide you at all. And they didn't. And, oh, you know, we all know that there's a shooting schedule and script and that part. But they they just let me go in and, and walk around and, and, you know, let pablum fly out of my mouth for four hours. And, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and they kept on going to five in the morning and I'm back in my hotel at midnight going to sleep. You know, so yeah. who got the best of that deal? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so, I mean. People don't realize that, you know, a lot of this is scripted. You're there for X amount of days. You're, uh, uh, you know, people don't, people aren't getting that whole sense. And you hit the nail right on the head because a lot of it is commercial. And you have to, and as a medium, as, as a medium who doesn't, and I will say that I'm not a professional because I don't do this to, like, make a lot of money. I don't really care. I got my retirement. I got, you know, I got Social Security. I'm not worried about it. Uh, but I mean, I don't, you know, I don't worry about the money aspect as much as other people do. So I don't think that they can influence me 
to that point, which is mm-hmm. what was going on with that Amityville project. Mm, right. So before we go, and I don't, I don't want to lose this, and because I, I meant to ask you, you're the one person that I actually trust asking this question to. Well, you're in trouble now because you know I'm going to lie. You know, Ron, I'm going to lie right through my teeth on this yeah. one. Is the, the spirit horn? I, I'm so intrigued with the spirit horn. I, and all your, I know you own three of them, as last I heard. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I have, my, have you had any luck with, I mean, other than levitating, I have voices come through the spirit horn in the seance. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, well, I have, uh, I have a horn, which is a, a toy, which mm-hmm. they did, which they would use. I have one from the 40s, an original, and I do have my personal one that I bought years ago when I was, when I was really starting out. Mm-hmm. And uh, levitation, not so much. Uh, I've had it where it's moved. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I like to set it up like a dunce hat, okay, on, yeah. you know, on a, on a, on a stool mm-hmm. and sit around it without a table. This way, yeah. nobody can, nobody can see it, you know, make sure that mm-hmm. nobody's manipulating it. And, yeah, that's cool. Yes. And, uh, I've had muffled sounds come out of it. And I remember my mentor saying about how she heard scraping inside of it, like a whirring, a foof, like something inside scraping and it dropped and it was a small piece of quartz that it had a ported in. And I'll always remember uh, early on with with that trumpet, my personal trumpet, it was, I remember it was laying there and, or it was on, on the stool and then I heard whoosh and that whoosh and it's whoosh and it's whoosh and it's whoosh. And then I heard oh, wow. a click and I'm like, something aported. And of course I, you know, at the end of the seance, you pick it up and nothing was there. No. But I have heard, I, I got to tell you, I have heard like singing. It's and you know, and I'm not an angel or demon guy, but I did hear what I would consider like almost it sounded like angelic, uh, like a angelic, I would say, like, almost like a Gregorian chant coming out of it, you know, just briefly and very, very low. And a couple of people had actually heard it, but I haven't gotten a chance to work with it in a while, so I haven't really done. I did a seance around uh, last seance I did was right around uh, Halloween, and um, uh, I, I I dusted it off and brought it out, but. You, you know, I knew one of I knew some of the old seance mediums and the what I witnessed in broad daylight, I can't explain because I mean, I've seen them come off. I've come I've seen them come off tables and it's like, what? Or I've seen them spin like they'll be on their sides and they'll spin. And out of the small end, you'll hear a whisper come through. Oh, that's cool. And I you know, and again, I mean, these women were they're all women. And they they were all, oh, my God, they were probably in their 70s, you know, and they're all like I said, they're all it's it's so sad because they're all past now. It's this generation we've lost of these of these truly magical people. And. I always regretted not being able to take the time off of work just to, like, apprentice with them or just, you know, to learn more. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh it, 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 it is amazing, but I think a lot of it has to do, it's the same thing like with the Philip experiment when you're doing table turning, yep. it's the right people. You have to experiment. And right now I'm working on that experiment now trying to get the, just get the right group of energetic people together in order to, in order to, to get a, you know, a response such as the, uh, what happened with the fair, the Philip experiment of seventies of 1972. Mm. The, I think that's key. I mean, when we first started uh, the Red Light Seance Group, 
we used to open it up to anyone. You know, they, we went through circles and, you know, they just come in. Then we found out uh, we had people with their own agendas coming in. Right. And it, it kind of like, you know, was was defeating what we were trying to do. So then we closed it totally. And since we've closed it, we've had, you know, far better results. I mean, well, there are some... there are two types of seance. You have you open and you have you're closed. And you're open is just like when you have, like you said, you you bring people in and, uh, you know, maybe you'll maybe you'll get some table tipping, you know, or mm-hmm. you get vibrations or something going on. But you have to be able to go and sync everything together, the vibrations of everybody. You have to bring everybody up, and that takes yeah. time. Uh, so uh, I know, like all the old timers, they said we would sit in seance for three months before mm-hmm. anything would happen. I know wow. at a church that I, I used to serve and was a spiritualist church built in 1911 for spiritualists, uh, which is really an anomaly. Uh, it took us almost four or five months that we would sit in the worship area mm-hmm. in a quasi-seance uh, situation before we started to get stuff. And once we started getting stuff, it was get, starting to get strong. And yeah you know, footsteps and, and the voices and the door would open and shut. It was on like, like, uh, uh, springs and it would, you'd hear it go back and forth. And it got to the point where we actually, a couple of times we had what I consider, uh, ectoplasm where <laughs> it was like, it was, it was clear, but you could put your hand in it. You know, it's like cotton candy. You could feel it. And anybody that was in there could feel it. And we had started off with like 16, 18 people. And when it started getting intense, it dropped down to about six. Mm. And I found that it really, uh, you know, when you really get that right uh, mesh of people with the right intention and that right energy and everything is flowing, that's when it becomes electric. And that is just amazing because I don't feel that one person can hold it, you know, and carry the whole thing through. It has to be, it's got to be a total team effort. And I think that's where a lot of skeptics have problems because on our own, you know, we're only so strong but as a group you are amazingly uh you're amazingly strong you know i mean that's like that it's like the um one of the uh code of uh uh, of uh uh, the iroquois you know they would hold an arrow and they could snap it you know that's just single that's just us but if we want to be strong we're going to take this bundle of arrows each representing a different uh uh tribe and try to snap it, and it's not going to snap because now right. we are strong together. Well, I and, have to snap the show right now because oh. you've run out of time. Well, <laughs> it's, it's because you're beautiful, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Tim, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's always good to speak with you. Uh, we always have great conversations as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, uh, you know, check him, check him out on, uh, God, what was it again? Tim Shaw. Oh, com. And uh, Tuesday night, seven o'clock, Black Hat Lounge on Facebook. Oh Look yeah, on Facebook. We're still. I forgot you, Black Hat Lounge. You're still there, baby. And and I'm going to tell you what, Ron. I'm going to. I'm now. I'm going to go. I'm going to have to tackle you, and I'm going to have to bring you down into the basement, and you're going to have to go and be on my show. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be sorry for that one. <laughs> never, never. Anyways, we do have to go. Temp, thank you so much. You hey, anytime. anytime, guys. Next Generation right here on TojiNet, brought to you by our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, uh, Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, and the Galant Messier Family Raw Group. Good night. God bless everyone. Stay good night. safe. Good night.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.